0: No, I remember when I was little, I, I, not, not too little, but as I got older and started to question if Islam was right for me, um, this, not the concept of hell so much, but this idea of paradise. So in Islam, it's paradise as opposed to heaven, right? And I remember my father saying, um, you know, when you reach paradise, it's these rolling green hills and you're just around beautifulness and the rolling green hills. And I being, you know, the pragmatic kid that I was I was like so how long gotta be around these rolling green hills that sound kind of boring to me I mean hey it's red summer and it's honey for Walita. and we
1: are your gay aunties hey, babies.
0: hey baby hey babies come at your house 2020 for you so far <laughs>
1: <laughs> right um today <laughs> Right, today is one of those, like, oh, my goodness days. But we have been able to push through and persevere, and we are here.
0: Yes, we are. Look at that ramen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we appreciate that you are here, babies. And if you are one of our loyal listeners, thank you so, so, so much for all of your support. And if you are just joining us, then you should know that Shagay Aunties is a weekly podcast that is centered around queer adulting. So if you want Auntie Red and Auntie Hanifa to answer your questions about life, love, or any other experiences that you may have, go ahead and send us a letter at yegayaunties at gmail.com or you can uh, reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at yegayaunties. Beautiful,
0: beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) Cause we know we love y'all letters. You know what I am saying? We, love your letters. we know your letters. are piling up. They're coming in. Like I said, the pile ain't that high, but they are coming yeah. in. We appreciate that because we like to have more than you know, trying to scrape by with a show with nothing. You know what I am saying? Right. So we that means that y'all really are feeling what we're doing, and you know, we we I mean that makes us do what we do. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? And we're so
1: excited to be able to be here to serve in this way, and so your letters give us an opportunity to do so.
0: Exactly. And if you do want to send them letters, you know, you know, we to send them now, right? Now your gay aunties everywhere. That's Gmail, that's <laughs> Instagram, you name it. Your gay aunties Absolutely.
1: everywhere. <laughs> so okay. girl, how you doing? I'm good. I am good. We are um just wrapped up our opening for gallery exhibition at the school. So that's wonderful. Always exciting to see the children becoming. Um, more prolific artists than they already are. <laughs> What's going on with you?
0: <laughs> I'm a little bit of the same. I just signed the contract to Bloom in Ain't I a Flower. It's an art <gasps> um, exhibition. Yes. Um, Wonderful. I about a little bit before, a couple episodes ago, but it's going to be going up at the Arts Exchange Atlanta in East Point, Atlanta, um, it's going to be May 9th to June 27th, so we got like a solid two months to show the people the work. Um, and you know, as time goes on, I'm gonna um, be uh, letting you guys know if you are artists out there and you're in Atlanta, you want to be part of this exhibition, I'll let you know how. But right now, I'm excited because I am sitting down with some of the most incredible black women who have helped shape their neighborhoods here in Atlanta and historically black neighborhoods, which is basically all of Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Most part, but um, but just hearing their story, especially as someone who was a newcomer um, to this city, to kind of really understand the bones of this city you know, the roots rather of this yeah. city, um, um especially because it's going through so much gentrification, um, right now. And so, I'm trying to tell the, the story of Atlanta through um, black women who have really impacted their in particular neighborhood. So, I'm excited about that. Nice, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fun, it's fun, you know. Um, other than that, you know, uh, I'm here, you know what I'm saying? That's right. We made it another (laughs) another week. (laughs) Another week is getting by the madness. So, you know, let's not even talk about the madness. Let's get into the culture of us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, this is the first um Auntie Culture Review for 2020, so we're excited about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, we were going to do two stories, but I think time wise, we're probably going to, you know, well, let's see, let's see how we do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but okay. um,
0: all right, so our our first culture um, review is okay. Is Felicia <laughs> Joy? <Jordan. laughs> yeah. Felicia George, if you're not aware of who she is, you may be aware of who she is. If you watched um, Hulu's Rhythm and Flow, she was one of the contestants on it. Um, She was on the New York um, audition, Mm -hmm. and I believe she made it past that, but she didn't make it past whatever that next level was. Right? Okay. I don't know what they were doing, what what they had them doing, but she didn't make it past that. They were doing like battles, the rap battles. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was the battles. Maybe it was the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Mm. But um, yeah, maybe it was the battles. But um, regardless, she she didn't make it past that point. But she decided to keep it moving. You know, as any hardworking MC does, they're going to still keep putting themselves out there. So she released um a, a new album called uh, "Wash Your Soul" um back in November, I believe 11-11. and her manager actually reached out to us to review um her work. I was like, cool, because I wasn't honestly, I wasn't sure if she was queer or not. And I think I asked her manager straight up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because we we're focusing on our queer artists, you know, the straight ones, they get enough plugs. And <laughs> um, I'm just saying. <laughs> and um, she said yes, and 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 that she's also femme um identified. So um yeah, okay. Um, you wanna start? Cause I I have much to say angle from
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um. I
1: was able to put the music on and let it play. Um, I will say, oh my God, it feels, if oh gosh, okay. So I, I was listening to the music on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I was jarred into like remembering that the music was playing when commercials came on. So mm-hmm. it kind of just like was like, a good and a bad right I was able to put the music on and just let it play like it was um even tempoed right it was you know just cool background music um for you know for my little day
0: that's a good thing if it's hip-hop but go on
1: right (laughs) (laughs) well in that um you know it it I don't know even a a way to put it. Okay, so I put the music on and it played three songs later. um, I didn't know that I had switched to other songs. It was just like really playing. Like it it was a vibe. It was real, you know, smooth. Each song kind of transitioned well into the next song when the commercials came on. That's when I was like, dang, I'm not on the same song anymore. Like, so, you know, that's... That was my experience.
0: I think that is, um, a very red sweet auntie way of putting, um, or saying, (laughs) um, that, okay. There's two things I want to talk about. Two main things. There's the music and then there's the artist herself right? And how they work together and how they work mm. against each other. And I was going to say straight off the bat that this is more of a critique than anything, but this critique is of course coming with love. Because when I first actually saw Felicia on the show, I actually saw myself in not not exactly, but I saw myself as a young person. I, I, I remember mm. the energy that she was given. I remember that energy as a young person, especially being kind of typecast, if you will, as a conscious rapper, or more conscious than not. Okay. Yeah. Um, I used to wrap my head in, um, you know, I used to wrap my head like in African garb or whatever, not all the time, but an occasion I did. Um, And that was how I expressed um, a sense of femininity um, and how I was, this is when I was in the closet, you know, um, which is getting to my point, <laughs> um, a sense of femininity, you know, I was trying to grapple out, trying to understand how was, my, gen- what my gender expression was. So when I first saw her, I understood her body language almost immediately, but I didn't make, I didn't judge any way. I just, you know, I was just watching a show. But now that I'm really just, you know, listening to her music and everything, the first song that um, was given to us to listen to is one called Moonlight, which is, out of all her songs, is the one that's addressing someone, a a love interest, someone who is, you know, the love interest is, you know, uplifting her and, you know, doing all the things. You know how conscious rappers talk about love (laughs) interests? They don't. When you dance, to look like colors in the book. as if I drew it, what a revolution, do you mind? If I take my time, know you like my rhymes. If it's fine, we can flow through spaces that get hard to find. I'll shape out of your bases. So sweet I could taste it. Pray you hear me, you stay in my... So My impressions, okay, first of all to speak to what you experienced. Um, one, the BPM on every song essentially is almost the same. Um, yeah. the 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 snares, the kicks, I think are probably the same cat snares and kicks. Just on some like production tip, you know. Um it's on, you know, all of the the hooks, or I'm even gonna say lack thereof. It sounds like like she took Lyrics and then try to say them a lot or sing them a melodic- melodically, or whoever she had guest starring on her stuff to sing the hooks. Um, but uh melodic lyric that probably should have been in the verse doesn't necessarily make a lyric for a hook, um, nor does the, the melody. The melodies all kind of blend together, um, for me. So I see how you can kind of listen and not really realize when you're moving on to the next song because mm-hmm. it, it seems like it was a template you know there wasn't enough variety and approach to production um and then the actual you know she she can rhyme like if i was to read her stuff on paper you know it ain't whack but the tone is usually the same and all the hooks kind of sounded the same to me
1: yeah i i would agree with that like she does have like a similar cadence throughout the songs like her 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 voice is, is definitely the same. So I, I wouldn't know from one song to another, like what the subject matter may have been. Oh, because it
0: didn't have my brain to focus in on this. So my brain yeah, just wanders off, basically.
1: It didn't like snap my attention. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I think, I think, you know, that's what's going on technically. And that's something that can always improve over time. Like, you know, it takes, I mean, to this day, I still am crafting how to write a good song. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I hit it on the money. Sometimes, you know, and when I was younger, you know, it. Some of my songs hit, you know, moved people. But if I was to reflect on how I wrote songs when I was twenty something, it's nothing how I would write songs right now. Because yeah. you learn how to become a better songwriter, whether you are an MC or you are a, a traditional songwriter or R and B, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's stuff that can improve, you know, over time.
1: Yeah. What I think
0: is maybe a bigger issue for me um, is the energy she gives off as a performer, right, mm. um, and that she presents to the world, or rather doesn't present to the world, you know. Mm. Now, her, her, her manager says that she is femme-identified, she's queer-identified, um, Is and it's okay to say that, but you also have to sp- spray that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you also have to walk in the world as that, and there is something about her demeanor that is very hidden. Um, that's very conservative, and that can maybe be it. I don't know what her upbringing is as far as religiously or whatever, because for me growing up, you know, um, before I came out the closet, like I didn't really talk about love interests or whatever, but that wasn't so much because I was in the closet. It was more so because I was I've just raised to be reserved. So you just, I don't know. I just, I don't know how to wrap my mind around that. I've written yeah. two songs in my life that was about a lover, and I was very much out the closet, so it was clear who I was writing about. Her songs, I don't know who she's talking to. She could be talking to her dog. <laughs> you know what I mean oh, wow. <laughs> whatever you know what I mean Yeah. And it's that kind of elusiveness that kind of evasiveness that for me is very indicative of someone who has not fully embraced who they are mm-hmm. talking about a love interest you know what I mean yeah. um, not to say you got to hammer us in the head about oh he, you know she 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 you know because I hate when straight girls say oh he and my man I'm like alright alright you like niggas alright you know but <laughs> <here it goes. laughs> yeah but, like, you know what I'm saying, so that that kind of threw me off, and I didn't know really what to I literally didn't know what to make of
1: it.. Mm-hmm. I can I definitely see what you're saying. I would extend that from the music onto like I went to her website, and um, I know that people don't put a whole lot into their websites anymore. like you you spend so much of your energy building up your social media that you know, websites are kind of like passe. But mm-hmm. um, I will say that on the site, she doesn't have any real photos of herself.
0: Mm.
1: And that that kind of stuck out to me in that, well, if someone is going to your page to see who you are as an artist, what information will they leave with?
0: Yes. There's a a short, like one paragraph bio. Which, can we just put a little message? Do not write your own bios, young people. Have somebody, even if it's your freaking mama, anybody else but yourself. That is mistake numero uno that most young artists do is they write their own bio. It's so obvious Mm. and so pretentious and so usually poorly written because it's really hard to write about yourself. It really is. You really don't see yourself, especially when you're young. Lord mercy uh, yeah
1: day. I would agree my, my agent had to do my bio and I did not have a good one until she did it
0: my God. <laughs> it wasn't until I got signed and the label wrote my freaking bio mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know because otherwise you say things like George has been described as an agent, an agent of her own quote, an agent of her own transformation and evolution, unquote. But you never know who the quote is from, so guess who quoted it? <laughs> Felicia George. <laughs> <laughs> well, so
1: like, yeah, so it, I skimmed the bio because it, it was as elusive, like the wording in the bio was as elusive as like the music. And so I kind of thought about um, one, one experience that I had listening to an artist immediately. And now I'm thinking about two of them. Oh my goodness. Um, where I was drawn into the artist. Like one, I'm at a big music festival and um, oh my gosh, Gregory Porter. Oh God. Steps onto the stage. Now I have, I am ready to leave this festival um i have my little fold up chair in the bag on my shoulder i am walking out in this hot georgia summer ready to get on in some air conditioning and greg reporter's voice wafted into the universe and i unpack my chair sat my tail back down like <laughs> right and so like i get that everybody doesn't have that thing like his voice like should be registered like as a national treasure right Right. (laughs) um but also i went to a concert of an artist that i'd never heard of um and this girl her name is emily sande Mm -hmm. and this was like really early in her career and so she was there with a couple other people who i also had not heard of um but you know it was just me because the the concert was packed, like people knew her music, but my experience hearing her for the first time, one of the songs, like I sat like literally on the edge of my chair, almost in tears because I heard her, like I I knew her, I believed her, like I got the story, like I was in it with her.
0: That's the word, believable, are you believable?
1: Yeah. And I think the thing that, um, even in thinking about my experience in um, listening to Felicia's music, is that it was just able to play. Like thinking about in your artistry, where are the parts where, they, like, the crest of understanding? Like, even mm-hmm. if you have a, a, you know, a lot of words, there should be something in there. You know, Laura Hill. Like, even after all my knowledge and my theories. <laughs> I add a motherfucker so the ignorant niggas hear me. Right? <laughs> right? You gotta add something in there that gets people to to hear you and to connect with you. Mm-hmm. And so like the music is not like offensive to my ears at all. Like I absolutely can put on the, the music and let it play. Um, but do I know you when I'm done? I don't know that, that there's a lot of that. Um, and that's what wins you fans.
0: Yes. And no matter, and then that's where it comes back. I think sometimes conscious rappers get uh, a bad rap because, and, and there's a reason uh, because a lot of conscious rappers share the same cadence which mm. sounds very preachy. which sounds very kind of talking down to you, or it's just very removed or distanced from the person. And it's more like, here, open the book. Since you don't want to read it, I'm going to read it to you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> and tell you all these facts and tell you what we should do as Black people. And, and honestly, a lot of people don't. Black people do not want to be told by anyone what to do in their fucking lives. But if you know how to phrase it and then use the right cadence on you know lean on in the way that you should um certain phrasings or what have you to really bring home the point then then people feel like you're actually just talking to them like another person as opposed to someone that's looking at them through some sort of hierarchical lens and like i'm just going to show y'all niggas what's good because you niggas don't know you know and it it can really sound condescending easily especially in conscious rap and i think whether she, I'm sure she, no one, no conscious rapper intends that, but it does come off like that. And her work kind of comes off like that. So I think one thing that she can work on is developing um, her cadence so that it feels more intimate. It feels like, okay, you're just my homegirl. You're just, you know, kicking some science to me, but you're saying it in a way like you ain't just repeating some shit you read in a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that Lauren was really good at. You know what I mean? Um, and, and many other MCs that were kind of dubbed like T- Talib Kwali's good at that as well. You know, yeah. there, are, there are quote unquote, con- I mean, shit, you know, freaking Chuck D, <laughs> you know, he ain't pulled no punches, but he ain't pulled no punches. You know, he also had the, the glory of his voice, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know every MC has the things that help propel them along, and then there are things that you need to work on that you just maybe don't have naturally. And everyone can kind of reach their status. Okay, how do I talk to my fan base? How do they know? What do they like about how I talk to them? And sometimes it's a journey to find out what that is. And I think she's really early on her journey, so her cadence just sounds like any other quote unquote. Conscious rapper, she gets she gets her tap as our, <laughs> uh, in turn LB kind of referred to it as she's a her tip as opposed to a whole tip and you know nobody realizes a her tip but other whole tips <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> love a her okay. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then like we were saying, as far as her image and um, what she presents, um I didn't go to her social media. I, I just went to her site, but. Yeah you know, even remembering her on the show, you know, what, you know, she kind of dressed in really um, like clothes that were bigger than her and just Mm -hmm. covering up. And, you know, her manager says that she, you know, identifies as femme and everything. And I'm not here to tell any um, person how to present their femme. Um, But I think she's still trying to figure that out too, if that is indeed her gender expression for me as, 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 um, well, I'll just call myself a soft stud. Um, I see things because I've been those places in mm-hmm. my expression. Yeah. you know. So I think she's still on her journey and fully coming to grips with who, how she is going to express herself as a woman in the world. Um, I don't know how femme that's going to be, but we'll see. Okay. Um, and you know, listen, Felicia, if you're listening to this, you know, yeah. again, we're coming with love and y'all You can tell us to shut the fuck up. You don't know me, bitch, but that's the point. Nobody knows you in the audience. And so as people who don't know you from a hole in the wall, this is what we're getting and a lot of times when you're young you really don't see yourself. I mean, it's hard to see yourself when you're on your deathbed. You know what I mean? Like seeing yourself as a human being is a journey. It is is it's a it's constant work and you have to be open. That's why we say stay open to criticism. That's why we do this and it's not always a good critique because if you haven't learned yet, learn it now. Because that's where your journey begins when you're open to constructive criticism. And this is what me and Red are seeing and saying that um I just don't know where you're taking me, and if you are just want to stay where you are, then your fan base will be what it is. So if you have an idea, like you were on a show and they were looking for people who were trying to go, you know, pop or not even pop. I don't want to put it in genres. They, you know, on that show, they were looking for people who they could put their mussy and the muscle and money behind to blow up to whatever degree. Mm-hmm. But what you're presenting is, has a very small market. Cause it's not just a conscious rapper market. It's a kind of conscious rapper, you know? Um, And honestly, it's not too much of a sophisticated audience, honestly. I'm just gonna mm. put it out like that. Cause I know, <laughs> I've been there, I've been there. Your audience has to grow with you as well. So you have to be in growth mode. Um, And you know, listen, it's a first album, yo. <laughs> okay. you know, is it a first album?
1: I don't know. I. I didn't go past this album, so I'm not sure if there are more of
0: them. Yeah, okay, then forgive me, is this something else? But it's, she's definitely early, she's still young, and you know, we wanna big you up, you know, we know you've done other things, at least according to your bio that you definitely wrote, <laughs> 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 that you tried to run for Board of Education. So this sister is not just about being on the mic, she's also trying to actually be active in her community, and that's something that always can be respected, you know what I mean? But that's also aside yeah. from the music. You know what I mean? So listen, y'all. Um, you know, y'all can check out her stuff and in, in uh it's Felicia George that's spelled F. you know, we'll put it in the um, we'll put it on our Instagram, but it's uh what is it, F-E-L-I-S-H-A George Um and I'm sure she's probably that on her on her uh her instas and her Facebooks and all that good stuff. Oopsie, um I feel like yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot, you know, her growth of an artist is so connected to her growth as a woman in this place. I guess, I guess, I mean, sorry, that's just very clear to me. Mm. There's no other way to put it. you can agree or not, but I'm sorry, as an older woman, I just see this it. so clear as ABC 123 for me, you know, so that's a good thing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Young. And that's why I, I kind of get the, the feeling like, oh, she's gonna be able to to grow this music Mm -hmm. like and it again i wasn't i don't think the music now is bad but i think like once she really gets in tune with who she is um as a like you said as a woman but you know also as an artist i think a lot more will come out from her um not only is she well I'll just say that the way that she's being packaged and what I've seen so far like I haven't seen her face so I don't really know like like how to connect with her and not just like her literal face but I don't I don't have my point of access right to to her as an artist and so once she decides like you know what this means for her who she's going to be as an artist? I think she'll be
0: okay. And and you may need new producers, mm. or, or not for nothing. Use it as an opportunity to learn producing yourself. Now I don't know if you produce your stuff. So if you did, well, you know, I, I keep working at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you gotta switch up the BPMs. You gotta switch up the palette of 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 um, uh, uh, drums that you use and sound the sound palette. It's just really and there's nothing wrong honestly with. Um, Saying, because I know producers that say, okay, this is the sound palette I'm using for this album. But what you do with this, say, 10 or so sounds is a whole different thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, say, okay, this sound yeah. this palette is going to have a lot of stims or, you know, or whatever. But, and, and if I can get even a little bit more technical, the mix down is not cool. I'm sorry. You, you, it. it, it... I don't know if it's the mix that's bad or the mastering, but it just really everything just sounds flat. There's no dynamics in the songs musically, in in the mixing. Or I can't tell if it's the mixing or the mastering at this point, but it doesn't it doesn't come at me at any in any way. Not mm. you know, and yeah. So I, I'll get off the technical tip. Um, I'm no,
1: I'm of, I'm but- always excited when you do that because you know I'm more of a layman like listener of music. And so we definitely come from different experiences, right? When we're doing these critiques, because I'm just like, does it make me happy? Does it make me <laughs> want to play it again, <laughs> right? Exactly. And you're like, the BPMs don't fit with the RIGs. And, then, and I'm like, oh, OK. Well, then need to step up the, the PLOs,
0: because I don't know, <laughs> right? Exactly. No, it, it's just it's just songwriting. It's the art of songwriting. And, and, mm-hmm. and, all of You know, you have to learn it. Every, every, every artist of credit, okay, you may be a fan of or not even know of, but any artist that takes this stuff seriously, they know that songwriting is a journey. You learn over time how to become a better songwriter. But the first thing you have to learn and master is your voice. And that voice is in literally what your voice sounds like. I mean, that's a thing, but literally how you are coming at people. And I remember on the show, performing wise, she came at you. You know, she was, you know, all energy. Mm -hmm. So there's 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 an energy there, but it Mm -hmm. needs to be fine-tuned. It needs to be shaped um, and you need to put your oomph in it. But I'm not quite sure how much you know what your oomph is yet, but there's definitely some gold there. It's just, it needs, I don't know. You almost want to say something to a manager. You know what I mean? Like, because managing is not, it's many things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Things, um yeah girl so well yeah
1: well so thank mm. you so much uh to felicia george's management for introducing her work to us and you know best of of success to you
0: sis for real and that's sincerely um said mm-hmm. yes and you know how you got things to say you know but you know don't try to snap back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not you. even it's that true. kind of energy.
0: Like, <laughs> what?
1: no, this is love. This is, this exactly, is exactly.
0: And, love. And I think the reason why she even moved on to the next level is because her performance is kind of coming at you. You know what I'm saying? Coming at you. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, there's a reason why you didn't move on. At the end of the day, it takes a lot to earn an audience it does it takes a lot to turn to earn an audience um oh just one thing i wanted we wanted to, uh i want to talk about is the um is uh you know what Fuck it you mm-hmm. know no, no it's just about it's just about you know just stage performance because i, I think about it, i did remember her stage performance in your face but i, I remember also being distracted by her hosties you know, with the head wrap and then the, 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 the huge, um, the coat. Fresh coat thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so there was this energy, but it was almost like it was behind a wall or something. Like, I didn't know what, I didn't know how to, how to, how to trust it. And I'm, you know, I'm, my, my thing is stage performance. Like if, if I could teach anything in the world, that's the one thing I can teach. I'm a better stage performer than I am, um, a, a studio, uh, performer, you now, know, do both all the greats, you know, yeah. but, I will definitely agree
1: that as a stage performer like I have not seen many who show up <laughs> on the stage the way that you do. So, um I will second that
0: emotion. <laughs> Say word. And you know, again, and and yes. And that's something I claim, and I'm, I'm not even going to be shy about it, because that's the one thing that I've always been able to do. But even with that, as I continue to perform, I became a better and better performer. I am darn, not, I am not the same performer I was when I was 20-something. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was some shit back then when we were all 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> but the I mean? thing,
1: too, like, in the music that we've had access to of hers, um... She's in the studio, okay. So it's not even like like that is your time where you are in your own space, you get to be everything that you need to be in order to get your project the way that you want it to be, and like, and even with that safe space, like without that, you know, the having to manage the relationship between you and the audience, which is another level of Mm -hmm. stage performance. Um, Even like in that, in in your box, in the studio, it's still, I would just say, play with characters. Like play with, um, yeah, just kind of play with, even if you're telling other stories, like other people's stories and not really getting, personal and sharing you with your audience, like you're still going to have to put enough of you in it so that we know why to care about what you're saying.
0: Exactly. And, and, and you're really hitting something there as far as the character. Um, and this depends on how you write too. Um, but there's a reason why some MCs when, as they're telling the story, they literally will change their voice into a different character mm-hmm. to to really uh, uh, um, lay out the story, you know? And it could be a simple cadence switch and it could be a straight up voice change, you yeah. know what I mean? But I think just playing, I don't, I, she doesn't impress me as the kind of, you know, voice change, like here's another character, but but playing with the dynamics of your cadence to really help um, um, highlight the different messages, the, the, the things you really want to come across. Like if you lay out your whole verse, it's like, what in this verse do I really want to hit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how is it going to hit? When is it going to hit? You know, what I'm saying how is it going to um, correlate with something? To say I, I said earlier, and all, uh, correlate r- correlate rhythmically <laughs> with mm-hmm. something I said earlier, so that the way, so when the ear receives it, people feel like they're on a ride. It's not just da 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 so yeah, so yeah, so um, these are some things that as an yeah. MC, if you want to, um, I'm saying try and work on and see see what see what it does and uh, and have as many shows as possible. I don't care where the shows at. Keep going to them open mics, girl, whatever. And and honestly, I'm not sure if you do it, but. And you know, I know MCs—they come on with vibrato, and you you feel like they're coming on with ego. But I, for me personally, I'm not that kind of performer. Sometimes I may I may appear like that, but it it it's it's energy, but it's not ego energy. It's more of being present energy to receive and creating a moment in time. All right, a, a moment that I didn't have any foresight to what that. That's going to be, I'm stepping into my church when I step on stage. So let the spirits roam and do what they're going to do and flow through whoever they're going to flow through. But this is going to be a different moment in time than when I was in the studio or than I was even on the stage, say a week before, you know? And I think when you keep yeah. experiencing that, you're, only, you're able to be so present that you see really how the audience is reacting, even when they're in the dark, even when they're in a, the, you can't mm-hmm. even see that. And you have to be, because sometimes when you're MCs, they want to ignore that you are actually not moving the crowd. And that's where, honestly, where your peoples and your manager comes in, because they should be looking at you. Well, some should be looking at you, and some should be looking at the audience. That's how we do. (laughs) Like, is is this room being lifted up? Who is this room being moved? If not, why? Mm. Why? What else we got to do? What we got to fucking work on? You know what I mean? That's the need if you don't have it already you can't do it all by yourself absolutely you know
1: well that was fantastic Um, fantastic. (laughs) i'm such a butt sometimes um well there are a lot of things that we like to touch on in our your gay aunties episodes um Mm -hmm. but in order to keep this train
0: moving we need and you. <laughs> so we want to keep this train moving. You know, we really appreciate all the support um, that you that those who are our Patreon supporters that you continue to give us. Mm-hmm. And Patreon is there for you to show your love. If you don't send us, if you can't send us letters, or don't have a letter to send, or you know, maybe you can drop us an email. We always love love. But the best kind of love looks green <laughs> because it <laughs> helps pay the bills. Now if you want to help pay the bills to keep us up on here and respect our time and our love for you all. Um, you can always holler at us at Patreon.com/slash-Aunties, and there are three tiers: one, two, three tiers to help you along in your journey and loving your aunties. There's tier number one, Auntie Love. That's just a one-time donation of five dollars or more. So when you got it, whatever you have, when you got it, all right. Then we have tier number two, which is the one you all know, Sunday Brunch, the fourth Sunday of the month. We have a special guest. And if you are a Sunday Brunch um, patron that is a commitment of $10 a month, you will get um, the episode one, three days early before everybody else. And Mm -hmm. you'll get the video. So you'll see us in our PJs. <laughs> Not every day. Like I just finished doing the dishes and I came online. So it's like the real deal. Holy field. Right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> OK. <laughs> so Sunday brunch is the jam. And then the last tier is. You People Rockumentary. You People, the film. It is a wonderful uh, documentary where there's thirty um, queer people, straight um, women, and trans men in a house trying to make a music video, and all this stuff happens behind the scenes. And Me and Red is in it. It's an incredible documentary. We've shown you guys some clips, so you get that documentary, and you get three um, Sunday Brunch episodes or for $20. Yes, Boom. $20, oh. that's a steal. $20, that's a steal, <laughs> I'll raise that up, but you know, first buy a few, then we think about it. Anyway, <laughs> so that's us at patreon.com slash aunties. Support us with what you have and when you have it. All right. Absolutely. Hey, beautifuls, this is Auntie Hanifa, and I'm also here to speak in behalf of Auntie Red, and this is just a little disclaimer to those of our wonderful listeners who may be of um, the devout side of one of the big three organized religions that you might take some or a lot of offense um, by the opinions that we state in this episode in answering a letter. These opinions that we state, we state them clearly and we stand by them. Though, of course, we don't state any opinion with the intention to offend anyone. So, if you are easily offended or offended at all by anyone questioning some of the practicing or interpretive practices, of some in your organized religion that you follow, then you might want to skip over this episode um, to retain that auntie love. Otherwise, listen up.
1: All right. So guess what we also have? Letters. We have letters. Here's your letter. And today we have a, a very deep letter from uh, one of the
0: children. Uh,
1: that mm-hmm. we want to share
0: with you today. Woo. yes, I, I'm looking forward to talking to this young person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I'll start. The freaking letter. Where do I do? It? There you go. There you go. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I start. <laughs> um, so this letter is from TC.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, she says, "I've well, never." Kind of, you want to do half, and I do the other half. Um. Okay. You to you know, yeah. so about, OK, hear it.
1: Um, I've never related to people so much really ever and not in the sense of experience because I am nowhere close. I'm 17, but just in a sense of understanding queerness, being open minded and making room for growth. I just wanted to let you know that what y'all are doing is amazing, and this podcast could be life-changing for so many, so please keep going. So, I've known I was queer since I was four. Ever since pre-K, I've always been, I've always seen girls' feminine energy from a different perspective. It's always been natural. I've never had queer family. It was never spoken about or condemned in my home. I never even met a queer person until fourth grade that I can remember. I didn't grow up in a religious household. My family believes in God, Jesus, but they didn't go to church, and it was never an important thing. They acknowledged it, but didn't live by it. However, I did go to church. My godmother kept me in church and with God. I went to a very strict apostolic church. The sermons were all
0: pretty pretty much I think it's apostolic. Isn't it po- Apostolic. Apostolic? Whatever. We 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 you know we we Muslims, so you know what well, y'all know what that is. Anyway.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> sermons were pretty much all about how to get to hell. I never learned of the love of God from six to fourteen. It was purely fear tactics in my perspective. I learned what a homosexual was through church. And as a small child, that I knew I had these feelings and then going to church that condemned me so brutally, it really messed with my mind. My pastor, first lady, and other important women, men in the church would literally tell me at eight to 14 years old that I was going to hell for my ear piercing, for not wearing a skirt, and even my choice of nail color.
0: Oh yeah, okay. So on a specific night <laughs> on a specific night, we had movie night and the movie was on the rapture. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I'm thinking like, oh, what are they watching? You know? <laughs> The rapture. Gotcha. One thing for the kids? All right. <laughs> In the movie, a man was at the door, after the movie, excuse me, after the movie, a man was at the door passing out movies, and I took one. I ended up watching it one night, and it turned out to be this white man reading the book Revelations with a cartoon depiction of fire and destruction coming down on the sinners. They talked about murderers and thieves and homosexuals, et cetera. The n- that night changed my life. After that night, the fear of death begun. Interesting. I'd lay down shaking at night, scared to close my eyes because I didn't want to die and go to hell. Anxiety and depression sat in, and the next year was really, it was really hard for me. I didn't understand how God could hate me so much. I decided to stop going to church. I ran from the pain. That's right. Run. <laughs> <laughs> God, step it. Anyway, I ended up moving from Kansas City, Missouri to Shreveport, Louisiana. Here I found a church that I started going to for all the wrong reasons, but there I learned of the love of God and I gained a better relationship with Christianity and a church that accepted my queerness. Hmm. Well, now I'm 17. I've seen uh, the good and the bad, but I knew that Christianity wasn't for me and I've begun my spiritual journey while studying African religion and spirituality. However, after I was in a car wreck, those those fears came back and they came harder than ever. Currently, I'm struggling with my ties uh, with Christianity and my fear of death. It's taken over every aspect of my life to the point of needing professional help because I'm no longer progressing. I'm really in a hurt place. I am very proudly queer. I don't hide it and I don't suppress it, but my fear of death in hell all stems from being a queer kid in a toxic church. I say all this to say, as a queer woman who have some form of religious Oh, it's queer women talking about us who have some form of religious backgrounds. How did you or how are you navigating through your relationship with death in afterlife? Did you ever have intimate struggles with it? And if you have, what is your advice for overcoming or coping with it? It never had, I never had this conversation with queer people. Mm. This is big for me. Again, thank you um, for being an amazing outlet. I'm also a makeup artist. um, And as a young adult, I've dedicated my life to the evolution and education of Black people and especially Black queer people. Like Felicia George. No, (laughs) (laughs) Black queer people. (laughs) people Anyway, anyway, sorry. Sorry, sorry, TC. I got a little distracted. I
1: love it that the children are woke. Okay, like you
0: know exactly, exactly, exactly. Woke AF. <laughs> um, okay, this is this is a lot. Um, i may take a minute. Um, go on. Yeah, when I invite you to dive in. Yeah.
1: So for me, I just want to say, church is a business. Okay. And businesses need customers. And if people didn't feel obligated, they wouldn't keep going. Because who wants to wake up every week to go be told that they are terrible and God hates them? Like that just doesn't even sound logical. Like when you put it in perspective, so mm-hmm. what happens is that like we create these. Um, this concept of hell was created to make sure that people continue to participate in the the system. There has to be
0: consequences of non-participation.
1: Yeah, it it has to like. Mm-hmm. There's no other reality in the narrative beyond that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and understanding, you know, even our the if you listen to the last Sunday brunch episode that we had with LaCara Foster, um, she kind of talked about how um, she does not talk to dead people that... She talks to spirit. She talks to the energy that is ever living in life, right? That's ever living. Um, And so I don't walk with that burden of thinking that one, um, there is a God that's almighty and all powerful, but is somehow shocked to the point of uh, hating me that I found a girlfriend to love. Like, that just sounds silly. And if that's what you believe of God, then your God is kind of petty. And you should get a new one. There's plenty of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and, and and you know, I remember when I was little, I I not not too little, but as I got older and started to question if Islam was right for me. Um, this not the concept of hell so much, but this idea of paradise so in islam it's paradise as opposed mm-hmm. to heaven right And i remember my father saying um you know when you reach paradise it's these rolling green hills and you're just around beautifulness and the rolling green hills and i being you know the pragmatic kid that i was i was like so how long gotta be around these rolling green hills that yeah. sound kind of boring to me i mean <laughs> But then I started in my head, started thinking like, okay, so maybe paradise is something else. Maybe paradise is something where you keep granting all your wishes that every wish you think of comes true. And then I was like, well, after a while, well how many wishes? I mean, cause at the end of the day, this is supposed to be for eternity. And for me, that's mm-hmm. where the problem lies this idea of heaven for eternity or hell for eternity. How long yeah. do you have to burn until you pass out? Like what is the consciousness? that you're going to experience. What kind of God would put anyone through that sort of torturous brimstone and hell fire for eternity? Yeah. There ain't nothing. Hitler's ass ain't even going, even if that nigga died for every Jewish person that he put to death, if he had to, I don't know, suffer a thousand years, he's that still is not eternity. Mm-hmm. So let's just think let's just think about it pragmatically. And I'm just I'm saying this not even just to you, but to your brain, because it isn't unlearning, because you're trying to find a safety with your faith and your relationship with life and what happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes you gotta almost laugh at it and say it out loud and be pragmatic about it if you're open to that. Okay. But I do want to really speak to you, and, and the reason why this letter really spoke to me was I remember when I was little, and you know, my idea of Allah, which was God to me, um, came through my daddy. Mm-hmm. And he put the fear of Allah in me. Yeah. Ironically, because he really wasn't there too much. But I, you know, <laughs> but he did. He was my idea of God, and he put the fear. And so when I started coming into who I was. I was terrified, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I always had this lingering, you know, being judged. And as I got a little bit older, my father would demonstrate some things that he showed his absolute disdain for homosexuality. And, you know, obviously I wasn't out. I was a teenager, you know, I, you know, living with that, how do you live with this thing that you're raised with that becomes your knee jerk? So I understand how, even though you intellectually are moving away from it, but when you got in the car accident, mm-hmm. you back. baby, that's human. Trust me, when I've been in near, de- um, near death uh, 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 situations, you know, thankfully not a lot, you know, I snapped back to a lot, baby when mm-hmm. i when i when i've been in really hard 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 situations though i chant and i use i use chanting in buddhism in a very practical and spiritual way sometimes when it's deep down sometimes i'm on my knees and i am saying all the humdras you can think of yeah <laughs> okay because that is that is what you were initially given and sometimes when you're at your most fearful you snap back to the original text yeah <laughs> it doesn't make it a better text It's just what you snap back to because that's what fear does. It Mm -hmm. makes you think irrationally. And the only thing that seems really concrete is that those formative years of of what you was told is the real deal. Yeah. You know?
1: And I think even as you are moving into your your study of African religions, uh, what Hanifa is saying will be true. Like, those foundational things that you, you know, have been given... um, They won't be erased by your new knowledge, but some of it you will look at like, I can't believe I spent so much of my life wrapped up in my worry of this one thing or of this belief, right? Um, In African spirituality, death is not the end. Mm -hmm. And so Spending mm-hmm. your, wasting your life, fearing death, like is to die now, right?
0: You better hit it on the nose, girl. You better
1: hit it on the nose, right? And so, I would, I, I worry about that for you. I just in reading the letter, like I really do not want you to to spend this gift like this time that you have worrying about the inevitable like mm-hmm. there is no there's nobody on the other side waiting to punish you for loving
0: nobody, there's
1: nobody. that's not gonna happen
0: it's not gonna happen
1: um i i won't even apologize you know for, for <laughs> saying that because it's just not true
0: and you will punish yourself more right in the here and now than any kind of punishment, some figment or an idea, ideology will do on whatever the other side is. Because not a damn person knows what that is on the other side. Mm. Even those who connect to the other side or believe they connect to the other side. No one that you have talked to has died. Okay. <laughs> or stayed dead enough right. to come back, you know. And just to get technical about the girl. Hmm. Even those who have passed over, listen, you can believe what you want to believe, mm-hmm. okay? Those who have experienced kind of being dead and then coming back. But there's a book, forgive me, I forget the author, but the book is basically like death. Like it's, a, it's, it's like a very really clinical explanation of literally, and it's a beautiful thing, watch, um, an explanation of what happens to the body, both physically, emotionally, and mentally as it passes. And what's so beautiful about this read and I, I, mm-hmm. I I'll, I'll put it on the site or something. Maybe not on the IG. I'll, I'll email you, girl. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, because, it's, it's, because it's, it shows, even in a spiritual sense, how beautiful this this temple that you were born into. Because it says, in, in the short and skinny of it, is that as you pass, if mind you, if you pass away, like say in hospital, you know, in a natural way, the way the body shuts down to say, okay, this is it, it literally prevents you from feeling pain. It really gives you, a, it releases chemicals that give you a euphoria, okay? It doesn't want you to feel the pain of death, quite honestly, or to mentally go through the ideas, the pain of feeling death, or the idea of leaving the world that you know, you know? So the body literally shuts down in a very systematic way so that you do not feel pain, whether it's emotional pain, mental pain, or physical pain. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why if you feel enough pain, like say someone cuts your arm off, you're going to pass out. That's how the body is built. You're not supposed to feel that shit. Not to you. Everyone has their threshold in the body. like, all right, pass her out. Mm-hmm. So respect that at least to know that however you're meant to leave this world where none of us know how we're going to leave or when we're going to leave, that it's not meant to be the actual death, mind you. Now, you know, I'm not speaking to people who maybe have been tortured or, you know, you know, experienced the most horrible aspects of humanity, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the actual crossing over is not meant to be a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I know I got real technical with it and I'll get the name of that book, y'all, but I, for me, but it also, really, you know? Yeah, the, the fear you know
1: of what's going to happen on the other side is happening to you now yes like you are creating hell in your life right now and i i don't stop stop doing (laughs) it
0: stop it
1: yeah stop it um yeah it there it doesn't serve you it doesn't serve you it's not good for you it's not helpful for you it's not it's not allowing you to, to, to live. <laughs> I don't even know a better way to say that. You need to stop that now.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a living suicide. It's like when you're living in a constant state of fear and death because you're in some way judging yourself for something that somebody else told you and doesn't right. respect your own journey as a human being. You know, honestly, later for your mama, later for your daddy, lady for anybody else that ain't you. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because at a certain point you are responsible for you this is your body this is your mind this is your heart this is your spirit you're responsible for taking care of that okay yeah. you can show how people help you take care of it when you was a little kid because you know what you're going to do but you have to get in the practice of taking care of yourself to make sure to unlearn these harmful harmful ways of thinking that was placed upon you yeah you couldn't do anything about but now you can do something about it. So it's not going to be easy. Like, you know, we all have to kind of unlearn these things. And, you know, it's, but it is a constant practice. So maybe every time you feel it, and remember, I'm just going to do a disclaimer, both Red and I are not psychologists or psychiatrists. Maybe you can speak to your therapist with this. What are some things you can practice that when you are in a state of fearing death or more so fearing what happens afterwards, what is a different dialogue you can practice to tell yourself? So you can get rid of that because it like Red has said, we've both been saying, we're repeating it, it's like it's, it's, it's creating hell on earth for you. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds like hell on earth. Yeah. That sounds like you be doing the suicide, but without before jumping up, but not jumping off the bridge. You know what I'm saying? And most people who jump off something and so, so for some reason live, regret like, oh my God. Like as soon they said that as soon as they jumped off, they realized how precious life is. But then mm. at that point couldn't do nothing about it. Just was lucky enough to survive, you know, so respect those who truly have been living a hell on earth and decided to do something as drastic as in their life. You know what I mean? But yours is a little different because you like, you're literally scared of the other side. Well, you know what? There's something else. There got to be something else. Nothing else. None of us know what that is. But what we do know is the here and now. We do know Mm -hmm. is who's around us. What we do know is the love that we can conjure in ourselves, for ourselves and others. That is real, that is tangible. You get the the instant feedback and gratification, you know, the momentum in your life by continually seeing who and what is around you that is beautiful and is affirmative of life.
1: Yeah, I sure.
0: Let me shut up, I don't wanna offend no Christians. (laughs) <laughs> but, but but life don't look a certain way life don't look like death yeah. okay it never has
1: and so you know we we really thank you tc for trusting <laughs> us with this for for sending us the letter and for allowing us to participate in this mm, experience mm. with you um yes, you know just Allow yourself to move through this. There's nothing wrong with having the fear. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with having the mm-hmm. thought, but nothing we want to it. make sure that we are not allowing fear and thought to rule us, that we are not allowing it to destroy everything that is good in life.
0: <laughs> of course. Just when we're wrapping up, so- it's going to stop on us, of course. <laughs>
1: So thank you so much, TC, for sending us your letter. If any of you all have questions that uh, you want to talk to your aunties about, go ahead and send us uh, that letter at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. You can also send it to us in the DMs, on Twitter, or Instagram at yourgayaunties.
0: Yes. And yeah, thank you, TC. Bless you. And to all of this might help because I know it's a real thing. Um, But you're, you know what you are? You're human.
1: Yeah.
0: So welcome to the journey. You're 17, you're young, you have so much time. And trust me, you will look back on this as an adult woman, like child, let me tell you what I thought when I was 17. Okay? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All of us laugh at our teenage years, okay? But I know it's dead serious to you now, but you got this TC, just take it one day at a time and honor your love and your life, okay? And stop thinking about death all the time, just live (laughs) it. All right, yeah, so yeah, thanks y'all. And <laughs> so, with that being said, and then we also, I just had to say that last thing, because I guess I'm just feeling for the baby, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I like this. Um, That being said, I'm Hanifa Walida. And I am Red Summer. And we are
1: your gay aunties. Bye, baby. Bye, darling. <laughs>